1: Oh, it's Mac and Bo on your radio, baby. This
2: is my friend, Matt.
1: Posh, come on,
2: Posh. This is my friend, T-Bone. What's up, the fun.
1: I can't go to work without listening to Mac and Bone. Let's do it live.
3: Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Mac and Bone, hanging with you, 8 o'clockers. Welcome in, welcome aboard, We got things happening. Steve Smith, a blunt statement to Panther fans on KB's show on Monday. Agent 89, we love this dude, man. We love him like he's family, right, Panther fans? Did he go too far? Does this comment to Panther fans make you mad? Or do you say, man's got a point? Uh, We'll talk about it coming up. We'll let you hear the audio coming up. As always, Steve Smith was delivering on Monday on the KB Show. No doubt about it. He always delivers. He does. He's like a Duke UNC game, man. Always delivers, baby.
4: The Charlotte Comfort Systems temperature right now, 39 degrees. Choose logo. Choose Charlotte Comfort at charlottecomfortsystems.com. Also 39 degrees right now in our studio.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want to see Jeff Ricker because Jeff Ricker kind of wears these really short sleeve polos, kind of these medium polos he wears. I, he's going to be freezing he's, he's, up he's, in here, bone man. He's body confident, but today you might want to bundle up a little bit. <laughs> body confident. All right, let's focus, baby. That's not what we're We're not here to talk about coworkers, uh, you know, shirts and body confidence. We are here to focus on the Tar Heels. Ladies and gentlemen, speaking of confidence, is there a lack of confidence now from Tar Heel fans about this team? I got to be honest. I tried to be nice to Willie P. I didn't really get angry at him, you know, on the air. He made this Tar Heel loss to Syracuse to me. He downplayed it way too much. You know me, Bone. You know I want want great things for the heels. Oh, we know. Right? You know <laughs> I should have known you were going to say something about that. Like, I, I, and this team, I got ahead of myself again with this team, man. Ranting and raving, Final Fours and Phoenix and sweeping Duke. And now I'm sitting here like, Yeah, thanks. Did for I get, that. Did, I, did, I, did I get, ahead no, did, no, no, honestly, thank you. <laughs> did I get ahead of my skis with this team? The way they played defense in that 10 game winning streak was at such an elite level. And the way they play defense, for the most part, in the five games since, has been completely different. Bone, I'm big into the, you know, advanced numbers, the Ken Palm numbers and stuff like that. In the 10-game winning streak, they gave up less than one point of possession in nine of the 10 games, which is a great number, right? Less than a point per possession. In the five games since, where they have gone two and five now after Syracuse loss, they have only done it once out of five they dropped two and three, right? They've dropped two and three. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Out of the five. I'm sorry. I, I, thought, the I thought I missed a couple. Whatever of I said. You, I thought, you were hoping no. I was right. Yeah, I, was, <laughs> I was thinking, man, I never miss a loss. They've dropped from third back to 12th in defense efficiency. And then last night, Bone, statistically, you were given some of the numbers from last night. Like that game statistically last night, defensively, And I get it. Syracuse made some shots. But didn't it appear their pick and roll defense, no matter what approach they tried, was still allowing both of those guards to get what they wanted, man? That was an
4: early season Heels game where the offense, you know, had its moments against the zone, but the defense completely let them down. Uh, J.J. Starling and Judah Mintz, when I say they did whatever they wanted to do, they actually did it. They drove to the basket at will. The mid-range game right before halftime, it looked like Carolina might take control. They hit like three or four shots in a row, like right in the right in the middle of the lane or extended. Starling hit a 40-foot three and banked it in. Whatever they wanted to do last night, they combined for 45 points. And since they started tracking effective team field goal percentage in 1999, it was the second-best shooting game a team has had in college basketball in 25 years. I I don't mean like ACC. I mean any team in college basketball that's played in the last 25 years, that was the second-best shooting game a
3: team has had. And this is from a team, Bone. Uh, This is from a team that defensively, for at least those 10 games post-Kentucky, right, was playing at such an elite level. And I just feel like this team, because on offense, Bone, sometimes I wonder about the offense other than R.J. Davis. You know what I mean? Consistent offense from areas other than R.J. Davis. I think for this team to be a contender big time, I think they have to play elite defense. And I don't know. Like, here's the question. Flound, I'll ask you this. And flound, I don't know if you're going to go off the deep end or not on this. this He's often often near it. I'm not worried about this team, and I'm worried I ran my big fat mouth about this team and look like an idiot now. Is this team not that good defensively flound? Because they did it for a substantial 10-game stretch, but now they're back to this.
5: Uh, yeah, I would, I would say they probably aren't because yeah, they did it for a 10 game stretch. They've more consistently shown this year that they're not a great defense. team. I mean, ultimately they're probably somewhere in between, but to me, I mean, last night I'll, I'll say, I'll say this, I, the, the two games, the, the last two games, I have not been thrilled with what we've seen from Hubert Davis. And that's the first time this year I've felt like that. I thought, you know, took the air out of the ball way too early against Miami. And then I thought last night, you know, look, you're not defending well in the half court. The guards are getting whatever they want. Why would you not throw some sort of full court pressure? They did it a little, but not... A I mean, I don't like get that. it. And Not maybe, every possession. Maybe he knows something I don't. Maybe this is... this is The, the team is just... Well, he does. But maybe <laughs> the team is... is you know, too tired at this point in the season to be able to do it consistently. But, like, you've got to figure out something to be able to throw off. Last night, it felt like they were just doing the same thing over and over again and trying to match them bucket for bucket when their offense wasn't exactly the most efficient offense that we've seen from them this year. Here, here's what will be scary, Flounder, for you and Heels fans.
4: Last night, I talked about uh, Judah mentioned and Starling doing whatever they wanted to do. It wasn't a game where you say, well it happens where a team went crazy from 3 couldn't stop they're throwing up everything and it went in they, they were getting they were their offense was not threes those two guards only they combined hit like for like seven threes the, 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 the backcourt had three of them uh, Starling did not have, or he the took one. one
5: the whole game. It, it was Mince, off Mince the bat have one
4: Starling had, the, they had three. It was off. So the it balance. wasn't like a guy got red hot and was going crazy. They ran whatever
3: they wanted to run and beat you going towards the basket. It was pick and roll over and over again. And here's the thing that kills me. The Tar Heels pick and roll defense in that 10 game winning streak was unbelievable. They were icing the ball screens routinely where it's like, icing is like, let's force it to the side and not let the guy use the screen. And they were doing that tremendously. And Baycott was doing a good job as that guy involved in the ball screen is the big. And I just look at it. They're not icing as much.
5: And again, Baycott had a rough night last night. He did not play well defensively.
3: And and, and I
4: just only had four shots in the second half again, much like Georgia Tech. I know against the zone, it can be harder to get big men involved in the paint. But in these losses, there's a theme in the second half where they Baycott does not get a lot of touches. Well, I, I, I told no. you, I told you guys earlier.
5: We've we've saw we've seen it. I, I know Clemson did it a little bit. We saw it. Uh, I think even Miami threw it at him. I would literally just play zone the whole game against this this team. This team has no answers for zone. They are horrendous against the zone. I mean, Outside of when they got Cadeau going late in the middle of that zone and with with, with the passing. I mean, outside of that, they were not able to do anything. They couldn't get entry passes inside. That's the thing like, is they couldn't get it inside. The crazy thing uh, is they hit
3: 12 threes. They, yeah. they hit 12 threes, 44% threes, and lost the game because of the, I think it's more about the defensive end, although I will admit, Hubert talked about this after the game. They didn't get it inside the way they usually do. Roy Williams and, and, and UNC traditionally has torn that zone apart. They have dominated Syracuse. Yep. And you saw Hubert yeah. and the boys dominate Syracuse, win by 36 in the first game. But, yeah, they couldn't get it inside. I guess you got to credit Syracuse for that. But I'm just saying, like, this team has to get out of this funk. I don't know if it's just a rut bone. There are ebbs and flows in a long season, right? Yes. And we couldn't have expected them. Somebody brought up this point. Mac, we could not have expected them to play the way they did in that 10-game stretch, beating everybody by double digits all the way through March and into April. Chill out. And that's the thing is there, there's a fair point there. There are ebbs and flows to seasons, right? And where teams get it, they get going again, whatever. But, like, are they definitely getting out of this rut? Like, I would think they're going to get out of the rut. But are we seeing flaws here that Bone in March will lead to their undoing? And could it lead to their undoing way earlier in the tournament than than idiots like me running their mouth have been promising? You know, that's what I'm worried about. The defense is, if plays like this, they're out. Excuse me, what's
4: occurred since Armando Baycott said the ACC runs through him? Mackers what uh, happened there? He just the the ACC- ACC- run over him. They're actually running right through them right now. <laughs> uh, every which way on off on the offensive end. Oh my god, seriously, Mondo, Mondo. Um If they if they don't win the ACC after he says that, that that's that's kind of an all-time. Well, time, I'm, I'm gonna, yeah. I hate to
5: break it to you, they're going to finish third in the ACC. <laughs> oh,
3: flound baby! Flound
5: that deep end flound just dove right off that deep end flound. Well, flound. The, I mean, they haven't won at Virginia in over a decade. They got to play at Virginia. They're, they're at not. Duke. They're not beating Duke at this. they Their only two road so, games
4: left: are Virginia and Duke. If they're finishing third, flounder. Who's finishing first in the ACC? Duke.
5: Oh, I can't believe he
3: didn't say Virginia. I thought for sure he'd say Virginia. Say, yeah. Here's the deal. Um, <laughs> well, Virginia is a game behind Duke now. Can we. No, Virginia is. Yeah, game behind. They got uh, four losses uh, now. It's all. Duke's only got three. Duke's a half game out. I'm doing my doctor. Duke fans got to be thrilled with this. And they haven't Phoenix, even hit their stride yet. They're because half game out.
4: We saw when they played, there was a gap between UNC and Duke, especially on that day. Even the way we've, and myself included. Hey, UNC's a national title contender, Duke's trying to figure it out. But Duke is also, in these games where they haven't looked great, they've won most of them. They've lost a couple, but they've actually won games that almost feel like it was a loss in some way because they didn't look great. But they've accumulated a lot of wins, and now you look up and go, oh – it's a lot closer than we envisioned probably a week, week and a half ago.
3: Yeah, I mean, they were hanging right there. And then when Carolina has a stretch of three game, losses in five games, that's a game changer. And Duke had the three home games in a row since Carolina, and they won them all. Here's the uh, last thing I'll say. Minhill Billy says, oh, Flounder's so sad today. Brian says, as an ABC fan, a uh, uh, depressed Tar Heel Flounder is literally the greatest radio ever. <laughs> I just want to say this. Flounder says they're finishing third in the ACC. I want to throw this in. If they keep playing like this, they will probably finish third in the ACC. But let's not forget what they did to Tennessee. Let's not forget the way they looked against Oklahoma. Let's not forget beating a Pitt team, by the way, Bone. They just went into Virginia and won, and they won at Cameron. They went into Pitt's house and won by thirteen. They beat Clemson on the road. Like, let's not forget who this Carolina team is capable of being just because of what we've seen in the last two weeks. But they got to get out of this funk. they got to get back to defending ball screens the way they used to, man. And I do worry about, like, consistent offense outside Davis. It seems like one night it might be Ingram, one night it might be Baycott. But couldn't you see a tournament game where Davis gets no help? And that's where their defense has to be elite. By the way, Pittsburgh uh, might be the team you want to see the least right now, home or
4: road. They're dangerous, you And looking too. at that Duke-Pittsburgh loss, where Duke was missing two people, we'll take a bad loss, certainly it's not ideal. But you look at it now as Pittsburgh. They're dangerous. Cable's
3: making a case for for Coach of the Year in this They're conference. dangerous. By the way, I don't know if it's Heels fans or Heels haters on the text, but people, or if it's Flounders burners. People are writing the heels off. UNC basketball pulling a UNC football. Oh, this my text, God. This text, okay, just stop this that. This texter says, I don't even want to watch this heels team this season. They're so depressing. This texter says, so depressing. first first, first weekend out. I mean, people are, are abandoning the ship, man. Come on, baby. They could turn this back around. They could be that team again. This
4: segment is sponsored by ExpressPros.com. Make hiring easier with the workforce experts, with the people at Express Employment Professionals. Find you the right fit. Hiring is about people. Visit ExpressPros.com. It's not about the algorithms. When we come back, Steve Smith had some comments about Panther fans. You got to hear it. We're going to react to that next on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.
3: radio 92.7 wfnz mac and bone with you if you missed anything today the tar heel vent session flounder statements about where the heels are going from here us reading text of even more panicky tar heel fans and of course panther talk earlier we think we solved the off season in one radio segment earlier our talk about miles bridges and the charges for the violating protective order cases being dropped here in mecklenburg county all that stuff you want to check out Go listen to the podcast. Listen to the parts of the show you miss. All right, do your mac and bone homework. Whether it's wfnz dot com, whether it's Spotify, whether it is Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, check us out. We are great in the
4: five o'clock hour. So check that out. That's, <laughs> oh, that's not that's not broadcast, is it? Our
3: voice uh, sounds a little different in the five o'clock yeah. hour, though. You know, um, when you're and- eating your vending machine. Vending machine uh, sausage biscuit. Yes, that's what happens at the 5 o'clock hour, all right? I fill up this big tummy, or at least partially fill up this big tummy. All right, let's get into Steve Smith, because I didn't hear this until this morning, and I didn't know that he said this on Monday. I think it's interesting. I think it's worth a conversation, um, because Smitty is aging 89. I mean, he is, if not the most beloved, he is on the short list. If he's not the best Panther, he is on the very short list. So when he speaks, it's like I use this reference all the time, and I'm uh, most people are too young for it. But it's like those old E. F. Hutton commercials, man. When E. F. Hutton talks, people listen. That was their big ad campaign. And Steve Smith, we'll take your, uh, my generation will take your word for it. <laughs> Steve Smith talks. Panther fans, listen. But do Panther fans think this is too harsh? It is a pretty much a blunt message for Panther fans um, and how they should handle this team in the offseason after six straight losing seasons. Uh, Listen to Agent 89 on the the Kyle Bailey Show.
2: They're going to try to build a team whether Panther fans are in the stadium or not. Just like when Panther fans bailed on us after a 1-15 season, the people who discontinued their PSL owners, the PSL tickets, didn't stop us from going to the Super Bowl in 2003. My point is, pick a side and stick with it. If not... Stop complaining. It's getting old, bro. I've been, I've been, I spent 111 nights in a hotel this past media season. And I'm just tired of hearing people complain that it's too cold, is this, is that. That's sports and pick a side.
4: <laughs> Smitty spun the ball after he said that. I he imagine did. Yeah. he did. Uh, he spun Smitty, his cell phone Smitty. that he was talking to on uh, KB on. Smitty, Smitty did sound a little tired there, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the complaining. And you can go ahead, Mac. You give your thing all.
3: All right, go. so let's got, let, let's set this up. So Smitty wants Panther fans to s- chill with the complaining, and there has been a lot of complaining. We've been a negative, irritable, ornery bunch to deal with. It's no fun, right? And some have been more, even more irritable than others, um, and I guess that's Smitty's message. The point he makes about 0-1, he's got a personal reference there. Like in 2001, he heard the same stuff. Oh, this team's terrible. I'm done with this. I'm not. I don't need my PSLs and stuff like that. And to his point, two seasons later, they're in the damn Super Bowl. So there might've been fans bone that gave up their PSLs. Didn't get to watch the cardiac cats that season. Those complainers say, I always believed. So yeah. And then they, they will deny that they ever gave up their PSL. You won't find one. So I understand his personal story. The concept though, of Panther fans need to stop their complaining. The Panthers are going to rebuild either way. It's just, I feel like we have a reason to complain. We've had six straight losing seasons, haven't had one winning season with our new owner, and our new owner feels like he's a big reason why. I just pardon us if we're really concerned about this franchise and if we're miserable. another thing, too, is, Bone, and you've, you've made this point a lot. It's not just this team is losing all the time, but it's the way they're losing. Offensive ineptitude spanning multiple coaching staffs where the games are unwatchable. That, I mean, I think we got a reason to be complaining. Yeah,
4: we we live and die for these Panther Sundays, and when we get to the fall, it feels like a lot of these Sundays, we can't wait for the games to actually get over because we've seen enough. As the season goes along, Mac, how long do those Panther games feel like they last? Five hours when the Panthers have scored, kicked two field goals? Yes. it feels like It feels like, Mac, we are being held hostage with this organization to watch these games. I want at least a product out there to – Keep us stimulated, entertained, and then when the wins come, it'll all be great together. Entertaining product with wins. I think I think my thing with Smitty here is this. There are justifiable reasons to be upset, to complain. No doubt the way it's gone, you have every right to be upset with the organization. But it depends on what you're complaining about right now. If you're just one of those guys that says, I don't – Canalis won't work or Dan Morgan won't work or, or whatever that is, let those guys – do their jobs before we react to what they are. If you're complaining about certain things, I get that. But if you're complaining, you're you're one of those guys that says, it doesn't matter who the coach is. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm mad. At some point, you got to let those guys do their work. Let's let's see how they grow. Things in the past, yeah, that's fine. But it depends on what you're complaining about right now, in my opinion.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, and there's different degrees of complaining and whining about this team. I get it. We're involved in it. It's just killing me what has happened to this team over the last six years. But there are some folks where it's like, all right, we got new people in place now. Can we give them a little bit of a chance? But the problem is, this is what I keep coming back to of why I complain and whine so much, is because you can't fire the owner. You can't trade the owner. You are stuck with him. And he has to get better. Like, you could fire a coach, you could get rid of players, stuff like that. But if the owner never figures out how to be a good owner, we are screwed. And I'm trying to, you know, I, I, it's not final. He's freaking sharp as hell. I mean, David Tepper has li- has lived a life where he had nothing growing up, and look at him now. So I would be a clown if I sat here with what little I have in life and acted like he hasn't accomplished anything and he's not smart as hell. So – I think he has it in him to do it. It's just, does his ego allow him, or whatever it is, whatever impulse it is that has him jumping on board and, and getting involved, the hiring? It seems like they did it a little different with sportsology involved. It's They've restructured the organization the way sportsology uh, clients have in the past with success, like the Niners and, and the Lions. So I'm a little, I don't know, I'm a little intrigued by it, but I think that's why we complain so much is, because the biggest problem is the one thing you can't change, right? It scares us. New quarterbacks, new coaches,
4: new left tackles, new and new everything all the time. New uniforms sometimes in terms of combinations. A lot of new stuff. But the biggest problem is David Tepper. If he doesn't adapt yeah, to, this, to. This, this world of football that he's now in, it's not going to work. And I know that the Hornets' ownership is newer than Tepper, but it seems like they have a plan in place. Rod Boone reported yesterday. They might hire a GM and a, and a basketball VP guy, operations guy. They're going to put two guys in there. That, t- that to me, tells me ownership is like, we'll, we'll we'll have a voice and we'll get involved, but we're going to allow multiple people here to try to fix this. And they're, they're, they know what their role – it seems like on the surface, they know where their role is best suited. Tepper's got to learn a little bit here from the Hornets ownership and say, hey. you know what, I put these guys in place when my voice is needed. I'm there. Financially, I'm there. But I'm going to put these – I'm going to trust
3: – what I have in place to make this work. But, Tep, I'm telling you, this is different. The way the way that they did this with Sportsology Consulting yeah. is different. With Brant Tillis and Dan Morgan there, I mean, this uh, this organization is modeled after, like I said, yes. the best teams in the NFC. The Niners and uh, when they hired Lynch and Shanahan, Sportsology was working with them. And the way they structured it with a business head and the GM working together and then the coach there as well. Like they, Tep has... Tep has embraced a different mindset here from sportsology. He has gone out and asked for help. He's got to stick with that. He deserves credit for that. He does, but he's got to stick with that mindset. Absolutely.
4: I don't deny that. Absolutely. I don't deny that he's trying to put the people in place to do the right thing. Will he allow them, if something goes wrong, the ability to maneuver and figure it out, or is he going to try to get involved? I hope he doesn't. But we don't know that until Mac. You know, we get to like week three of the season and they're all in three. And you know what I'm saying? We have to see when adversity
3: hits this group. How does Tepper respond to this particular couple of things here on the text line? All right. Um, Alex in Steel Creek says, if you listen to the full segment with Smitty, that's how we got into this. Smitty telling fans that you go ahead and complain. They're still going to try to rebuild, you know, and and he kind of said he wants the fans to stop their complaining um, that it's too much. Alex says that he said this after witnessing 49er fans cussing out uh, the coaches after the super bowl. Um, yes. He told that story in there and that's kind of how he segued to this. Um, so yeah, that is, that is context there. So, uh, but, but then he took it to Panther fans. That's you know what I mean? Like cussing out a coach that has you in the super, super, first of all, screaming and cussing out another human being. I don't really find that to be good behavior. Anyway, you slice it, but then cussing out a coach, and a staff that got you to the Super Bowl, yeah, seems a little ridiculous. I would love like, to lose way a more st- ridiculous than Panther fans complaining after six straight losing seasons.
4: I would love the Panthers to lose a Super Bowl for not being prepared enough enough for the overtime. Rules. I, that's, that's
3: what I'm that's saying. That's a great problem to have. Listen, we what? were well, hey, li- yeah, we were mad. We weren't prepared to block uh, to to block Von Miller. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, how many times we double him? I, I thought it, I thought it was a very frustrating game plan, and we were mad at the coaches. And I get it. But I would hope that we have perspective now. If we ever get back to the mountaintop, I would hope you have perspective. But I don't yeah. know. Perspective and fans in, in 2024 might not exist. Matt, um, you've opened up the floodgates here talking about Smitty complaining
4: about complainers, and now the complainers are taking over the text line.
3: Now the complainers. You know what happened, Smitty? Now they're <laughs> complaining even more now. Um, a lot of people, this guy says, Smitty is tight with Tepper now, so he wants us to stop complaining about him. Tepp has brought him back in the fold. They do appear to be tight. Is that affecting what Smitty's saying? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know if it is. Um, this texter says, uh, "Let's see here." Redhead one. I get what Smitty is saying. God, I pressed the wrong one. I get We're what. Still here for you. I get what Smitty is saying. But let's stop calling Tepper our new owner. He's tenured now. It's okay to hold his butt to the flame with expectations. This texter says Smitty is ignoring the fact that many of us fans are are complaining. Spend thousands of dollars on this team for PSLs and season tickets, and merchandise, and concessions every year. That's a valid point, too. Yeah. I'm not saying all of us are doing that, obviously. But, like, can you tell a fan to chill with his complaining when his team has six straight losing seasons and they're spending a ton of money that, that he could spend on something else? Yeah, when you're charging that much for tickets and parking,
4: and, and also time. Football is an investment. When you go to those games, you're, you're, you're taking up a lot of time and not just money. So... You, 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 you are not putting a product in there. The, the, the result is not meeting what these fans put into this in time and in money, especially the fans that will roar and riot people or or fans that travel to games. They're going to Germany this year. I guarantee you, There's going to be a ton of fans that go to Germany and watch this team play. They're going to spend their money and their time. Yeah, They're going to go true. there. They're going to have a great time. They're also going to go there because they want to have a great time. Your, your football product is almost secondary now to some of these things because it's been so bad, and fans will still enjoy stuff. But you got to, at some point, meet what people are putting into this.
3: Blue Devil Deacon says, complaining means you still care. I'm over it. I don't care. Yes, I talk to people with both local teams. When they hear the griping, I always wonder, does it bother you when you hear it on FNZ? And many people have said on both, on both sides, with the Hornets and the Panthers... They care. They're passionate. That's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's a bad thing that they don't have things to get excited about, you know, more often. But they care. Uh, and where's Ann at in here, man? These texts are coming in crazy. Y'all are texting like crazy. I love it. Ann in Florida. Uh, Florida woman bone has texted oh, in. Oh, no. She says, I think Smithy's point was all the pissing and moaning and everybody does never changes the thing. So why bother? Misery breeds misery. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We're just venting. We're just venting. Like, if people didn't complain, Bone, we wouldn't have jobs. Or we'd have other jobs, but they wouldn't be near as cool. That's basically (laughs) this field in a nutshell you. know what I mean? Like, we need a place. We give fans a place to vent. So you're not going to get me saying fans shouldn't vent. Now, I will say this, Bone. Some of these texters have turned on fellow Panther fans. Brian says, thank God Smitty said it. Someone need to say it. This is the most ungrateful, bitter, angry, annoying fan base ever. And I hate being a part of it. You have another guy here, 704 number. Smitty's got a point. Have you guys not noticed how irritable, irrational, and annoying
5: many of our own fans are? Have you noticed
3: that, Bone? A little
4: bit
5: here and there, yeah. For <laughs> the first guy, though, because I've noticed this with Tariel fans, too. There are, like, the uber-positive people, which are incredibly annoying, too, where even no matter what happens, like, you're coming off a 2-15 and 15 season. You're supposed to be thrilled. Oh, well, we're supposed to support our team no matter what. Come on, man. There's Come gotta. On. There
3: could be a balance,
5: but I yes, get. I get what that exactly.
3: Last, I get what that last texture saying.
5: And you yeah, alluded, the last one I get it. Yeah. You
3: alluded to that too, Bone. Folks that maybe are just so negative that it doesn't matter what. I mean, they could go sign five free agents and they'll. Think we could of- trade for Pat Mahomes, and they'd say we're going to mess it up. Yes. And again, maybe we could. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Listen, I, I love, I'll i say this. I love the fact that Smitty just speaks his mind. Like it creates these conversations because he's speaking his mind. How many other former players would be willing to send that message to Panther fans? Uh, very few. Most of them would be pretty nice. You know what I mean? Even if they're complaining annoys them and, and stuff like that. And Smitty does have that experience of y'all said the same thing after '01. one You were done with us. And you were right back there cheering for us two years later when we were in the Super Bowl. Like, he has that he has that personal experience, you know? How about this, Mac? A text here, WFNG text line, a car full of celebrities has
4: weighed in. <laughs> we don't see the problem, Mr. Tepper. We owe our careers to him. Sincerely, Kenny Chesney, the Zac Brown Band, George Strait, and Morgan
3: Wallen. <laughs> hey. uh, oh, he's got. After all, he brought music to Charlotte, man. Of course, they're gonna love him. He invented the uh, concert. He invented the concert. When's <laughs> your team gonna make some sweet music while they're playing Bank of America, though, oh, brother? That's wow. what. That's what wow. I want to know, Tech nice. Daddy. All right, anyway, uh, Flound Dog, give us a little feed here, man. What aren't we talking about that's out there in the news? What headline you got for us, Flound?
5: All right, well, first of all, I got to tell you about Progressive. This report is sponsored by them. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $750 on average. Call or click today and find out if they could help you save hundreds on your car insurance. Well, let's stick with the Panthers, why not? And one of their former quarterbacks, He has a new job, baby. That's right. Matt Corral has found a new home in the UFL. Oh, (laughs) Uh, He is going to be with the Birmingham Stallions for the first season that they have combined these two leagues. So the UFL is the combination of the XFL and the USFL. Um, In all seriousness, though, especially, you know, we heard some of the mental health issues that he was going through and everything like that. To see him back out there, I know it's not the level he probably wants, Hopefully, one day he could get back to the NFL level. But this is a cool opportunity for him.
3: It is, I'm not, and I don't want to be. You know, we've had our, we've taken our shots at Corral or whatever. Um, honestly, he ran into some person. He had some personal stuff going on. He's and he's battled it for a while, Bone. Yep. Um, mental health and stuff. So I hope he's all right. I'm glad to see he's going to get another chance. I mean, you know. And it's not his fault, Bone. We traded up to take him when we did or what you know what I mean? Like and it's it's not his fault he got hurt in the first year. So I wish him the best, man. Definitely.
4: He'll be competing with Adrian Martinez for the starting job. Oh, oh really? per man. Per my knowledge of the Birmingham Rough Riders,
5: what are they called? Stallions. Birmingham yeah. Stallions. Yes. The, I think the I Birmingham got my Birmingham,
3: Connor Stallions. I think I got my least confused. Does that mean they have good scouts if they're the stallions? Connor. No. You went one joke too far. This yeah, segment. that wasn't that was dumb as hell. All right, yep. Go ahead and complain about that. Even Smitty would let everybody complain about that damn joke. You done with your jokes, Mac? <laughs> yes. Anything yeah. else there? No, I'm good. I'm good.
4: All right. This segment is brought to you by Lumos Fiber. With Lumos, 100% fiber optic internet, you can be uploading and downloading at the speeds you need, whenever you need them. Lumos Internet, built for the future. Vis- visit lumosfiber.com. To learn more, when we come back here on the Mac and Bone Show on this Wednesday, not again, not again. Oh no, Mac. Oh gosh, I lost my great sheet, Mac. Here on this, I'm in trouble. Help! Oh, this is I'm, one I'm of thinking, your favorite topics, buddy. I'm Boney. thinking, man. Oh, ask the audience. Mad Dog Russo, radio legend, said something yesterday about his wife and the Super Bowl. We're gonna ask you who's right, who's wrong, who's the bleephole, Mad Dog or his wife. Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.
0: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new,
1: and everything in between. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on a McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Sports Radio
3: 927, WFNZ Mac and Bone rolling through hour three of the show here. Talking Panthers. How are we supposed to feel, y'all? How are we supposed to feel? Man, I hope they start turning around this offseason. Uh, we've got—we uh, talked about the heels. We'll do more of that as the show progresses. What level of worry should we have? We're going to catch in, uh, check in, whatever the hell I'm trying to say. Catch up, check in with a Charlotte native that is playing for the hometown team. And by the way, it's going very well with him on the hometown team. Uh, Grant Williams joins us. Coming up at the top of the hour, 9 o'clock. Very much looking forward to that. Hornets' final game before the All-Star break tonight against Atlanta. They're actually fun again. They seem fun again now with the uh, new additions. All right, Bone. also down There are two centers tonight. Capella and Okongwu are both
4: out. They don't have another center on the roster that I'm aware of, so... Nick Richards could have himself a nice night, you know, rebounding. It could be a big night for Hornets. Could win this game again. It's not. This will be their first. This will be their first three-game winning streak of the year. They can win this game tonight.
3: Well, Hawks Bo- are not good. Oh, definitely. What Bone's trying to sell, tell you is take the over rebounds for Nick Richards now, on underdog fantasy the higher rebound why, number. Why do you assume that I know the eight and a half number already? Uh, you were talking about it this morning. <laughs> that is a juicy one, though, is Bo- it not? It is. It is. He gonna rebound like Chamberlain tonight against the Hawks. All right, let's get into it. But before we bring in Grant Williams and, and and welcome him back to Charlotte and catch up with him and all that stuff, let's uh, let's do a uh, an edition of who's the bleep hole. Something we do often on this show when there's a conflict, uh, a comment made or whatever. And we all, with your help, we are all a jury here um, to decide who the bleep hole in a certain situation is. And this situation involves one of our favorite radio personalities, uh, Mad Dog Russo, Mad Dog Radio on ESPN on his show yesterday, Bone. Two days later, telling the story of his wife bothering him while he's trying to watch the Super Bowl, and he—well, uh, you'll hear, it. you'll hear it. But uh, apparently, they haven't spoke since, bone. <laughs> so there is an issue in the Russo household. Let's play this clip from Mad Dog Radio, Mad Dog Unleashed, and I want to ask the question because a lot of people can relate to this, bone. Watching a big game and families talking to you or whatever. So I just want to know, Mad Dog Russo to Bleep Paul. Or do you actually think his wife comes across uh, or do
2: you get his point and think the wife is the bleep? listen to this story. My lovely wife played a the boxes and one of her friends calls her up or text messages her. late. I'm talking about when the chiefs are driving and says, by the way, do they kick the extra point in overtime? So Jeannie asked me, I said, I don't don't know, leave me alone. And she asked me again, because her friend had it on the box, had it six and two, not five and two. And I said, Jean, Jean, I can't worry about this right now. The answer is they don't kick the extra point. And I basically kicked her out of the room. And she hasn't talked to me since. Now, that is why... I want nobody around me. Here it is. I have a small fortune on some of these prop bets that have not yet been concluded. And, of course, the Chiefs and everything else. And I'm worried about my lovely wife's buddy who's got a $10 box in you, Canaan.
3: <laughs> all right. So that's, to me, that's amusing radio. All right. But... The question is, is he a bleep all bone for the way he handled this, the way he's whining about his wife kicked her out of the room? I got to tell you, I don't have kicked my wife out of the room privileges in the house. I don't know where you
4: get those. Shocking, it's Mad Dog Russo, and he probably went one step too far. Like I, like I'm, I'm a person that can't even watch Duke games outside of like my bunker, so I'm bothered by people all the time watching. I, I understand that to a certain point, but with the Super Bowl and it's your wife, and other other eyes are going to be on that game, whether it be like, like your daughter. Your ch- other eyes are going to be on that type of event. Do you have to treat her with that much meanness and kick her out of the room to where she won't talk to you for two days? Isn't there a way to sort of say, "Hey, I'm just trying to trying to watch this." Yes, there's a still, nicer way to handle it. You can still watch your instead of watching prop bets without having to like be that mean. Came across as
3: rather cold blooded there by the dog. I, I got to tell you, I'm not even shorebone. I I. I I don't, I'm not even sure I. I would be kicked out of the house, actually. If I tried this move, I'm not even sure I'd be living in the home right now. So I don't understand it. Like, me, I mean, me, you, and Mabel finally living together. How does he have that sort of of ability? I don't know. Does it come with the money? mate? I don't know. But you got a different situation than me because there's no way I'm doing that. Um, I can relate like to what he's feeling because I told you like uh, off the airbone the whole family, and I also am like Mad Dog, like you. I don't really like watching games. With a ton of people, like yeah. especially games I have to talk about on the air. You know what I mean? I want to kind of focus and stuff like that. Whereas everybody else just having fun. I, Like at a party, I'd be annoying anyway. Like I wouldn't even, be, you know what I mean? You wouldn't want me yeah. to be well, we boring. I'd be mean, taking notes and stuff. Like what is that? Well, we went to a Duke game once. And you were taking notes. Yeah. Like I'm punching notes in my phone. Like you know, I'm ignoring like that. So you wouldn't even want me to party anyway. But, yeah, it comes across mean-spirited. I can relate to it because my daughter and my son were arguing back and forth during, during the whole first half of the Super Bowl, and I was losing my mind. It's too loud. I was kidding. Yes, yeah, so I was getting short-tempered. But can you kick the wife out of the room? That is your wife. That is apparently the love of your life. And, and by the way, it wasn't his reasons for being so angry that she keeps talking to him. Is not because it's for my job it's because I made a bunch of bets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that doesn't, like, your job, you might be able to sell, but if you say, hey, I'm focusing on bets, how do to get the hell out of here? Is that going to go over well? You're, you're, you're
4: going to hit him or not, whether she's talking to you. Or it, you're, you're watching your prop bets. Like, if they're going to happen or not, you don't have to necessarily, <laughs> you know, but someone brings up a good point. He's the bleepful because at least he's into the game. She might not be a sportsman, but she's into the game. She's talking about stuff that involves the Super Bowl. She could have been talking about some meeting coming up on Tuesday or something. Yeah. She's, she's focused on what you're focused on there.
3: By, by the way, multiple people. Uh, Kingpin says Russo's the bleep bleephole because it's Russo. Another texter says he's the most obnoxious guy in sports radio. I don't even need to hear the story. He is the bleephole. Flounder, you are a Russo uh, stand. Do
5: you well, I mean, is, Bone is clearly the bigger. Well, okay, that's, okay. that's my Stan, radio hero. Stan Ajays. Okay.
3: Stan Do you think he is a bleep hole? Do you understand what he's going through?
5: Like, if he would you ever kick Fiddy out of the house <laughs> in a heartbeat? <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, I guess I sort of understand. Like, there's more. There's more on the line than you just like. If you were just watching the game and you got that mad. Then there's an issue. Like you're putting money. I don't. He says a small fortune. What is a small fortune to him? Are we talking like. Twenty thousand yeah. dollars. I might be a little bit more on edge or something like that. But like even then, yeah, this is not. I max, still don't think I've. This I'd is not I'd max.
4: This is not max attempt to win four dollars on underdog.
3: Yeah, this is not a five dollar underdog play. <laughs> this texter, uh, the our guy, the outlaw biochemist says, after this guy, i.e., the mad dog and his small fortune of prop, props bets, why don't you try prioritizing your family and not betting? <laughs> See, that's the thing. I don't. The story's very entertaining radio, which he's very good at doing. I like no one's turning on his wife after hearing the way he told that story. <laughs> you know what I mean? I feel like Bone. He could have told that story. Like you know what I'm saying? I feel like you could complain about your family bothering you while you're trying to watch the Super Bowl without coming across as a total bleep. He was way too honest, laying out know, the situation. I, too totally too abrasive, for God's sake! And I think most husbands are like. Ha- I can't get away with talking. Like how the, what a jackass. Someone you know I mean?
4: someone texts in. Shocking news. Mad Dog Russo might be an abrasive husband. If he went public with this one, what has she dealt with? I think he got married to her, Mac. Uh, this is his second wife. Oh. I think he got married to her like in ninety ninety-five, maybe, or something. What <laughs> has
3: she gone through the last thirty years? Oh man. Min Hillbilly's the only one getting Russo's back. So she married a dude nicknamed the Mad Dog. What did she expect? <laughs> <laughs> There could be some truth to that. If she listened to his radio show, she might have knew what she was in for. See, this is where I miss oh my. <laughs>
4: this is where I miss Russo and Francesca being together because this would be a. Oh, so let me get this straight. So Jeannie came in and she did a squares, right? Huh. Then you told her to get out and she left the house. Have
3: you thought there was this would be a whole hour of the radio show? This texter says if Mac tried to kick his wife out of the room or the house, he would have nobody to make steaks for him on the grill and nobody to drive him. <laughs> <laughs> She'd drive over me, actually, is what Here's she would, what do. would happen. She'd
4: say, You gotta leave. What would you say? But you'd go, Where do I where where do I go? She oh, just, All right, man. just sit there for a minute. There's nowhere for you to go. <laughs> All right, this is the Mac and Bone Show, Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. We come back. We cannot wait to talk to Charlotte Hornet forward Grant Williams about being a Hornet, and most importantly, he's he's home now as well on Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ.